Gratitude That's my everyday Have you ever looked up at the stars and just wondered what it all means? Asking yourself, how do we get here and where are we going? When I look out in the world, I see so many people getting lost in their stories, rarely thinking about or asking the bigger, unanswerable questions of the universe. Like, what's the purpose of life? How did we come to be? And what happens when we die? Well, this is pretty much all I think about. And so I decided to start asking others as well. Welcome to Quantum Coffee. And that's what makes creativity just so sacred and impermanent and it's a channel of energy and we can't hold on too tight you have to keep that channel open you know for people who are like still trying to grasp like just think about a seed you know what is in this seed that allows that seed to grow into a plant into a tree that you know i think the the, the this life force is there we can't see it but the more we pay attention to it actually the more it becomes real for us and we can learn how to dance with it engage with it build our lives around it and be of service to this process of creation. And that's what makes my life worth living. All right. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee, everyone. I got a really special guest today. Her name is Laura Dawn. Live Free Laura D is her brand, I guess, her website. And she is an amazing woman, very intelligent, very wise. Um, I met her on a retreat that she put together. It was a 10-day retreat in Costa Rica, um, a plant medicine retreat. And it was one of the first times I got to experience this deeper plant medicine work. And I'm so glad that I got to go experience that with her because she put together an amazing experience. And she's using these psychedelic plant medicines in a beautiful way to um, really help us embody these visionary practices and using these medicines to learn and to grow and to step into our fullest potential as humans. And she truly believes that these plants are here to teach us and to help us raise our awareness so that we can make this world a better place to live. And she has a very unique perspective because she is interweaving this knowledge of physics and quantum reality into these experiences she's had and these mystical experiences with plant medicines. And I haven't really seen or heard anybody with her perspective coming at it from this angle. And our conversation is amazing. I love talking to her. And I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Some of the concepts might be a little bit over your head. I know some of them are for me, um, but we just explore these ideas. Um, you know, I'm personally really into quantum physics and quantum reality. And obviously, I can barely scratch the surface of understanding. But it's really all about questioning reality and understanding that we really don't know that much. And there's still so much for us to learn. There's so much for us to figure out. And having an open mind is where it all starts. And we're not experts. Laura Donald will claim even in the episode that she's not an expert, but she's super wise and she has her own experience and connection that she gets to share. 
She has a fascinating perspective. She's done a lot of deep work. She's actually on my advisory board for my company, The Heart Collective. It's a community for former male professional athletes to provide uh, connection, support, and education through the transition process out of professional sports. I feel like one of the things that was missing for me on this journey was going from being in a locker room surrounded by a lot of high-achieving, high-performing, like-minded individuals to when I was done playing, I felt very isolated and alone. I've joined a few communities of my own and I realized the power of community is something I was a part of my entire life. And that's the container I wanted to build for other athletes who might be seeking support from a brotherhood of guys going through similar experiences. And a part of that community, I wanted to educate everyone on the power of these medicines. The reason I got involved in plant medicine work is because of all the science and research that's coming out about it not only healing the physiological, actual physical brain and the processes in there, they have fMRI scans showing the brain lighting up with new neural connections. But I mean, that's the reason I got interested. And then after experiencing these deeper medicines in a ceremonial guided container, they've had a profound impact on my life in a wide variety of different ways. And, you know, guys going through a physical sport like football with a lot of head trauma, I believe that these plant medicines can be a tool for us all to learn from and for us to heal our physical bodies and heal not only physical trauma, but mental trauma and emotional trauma as well. I know this is a long intro, but I just really feel like this woman deserves it because she has so much to offer. And I know that you're going to enjoy this episode and this conversation. And this is only the first of many because I feel like we barely scratched the surface. And we're going to definitely have her back on to dive deeper into some of these subjects. I would love to hear your feedback after the podcast. Make sure you leave a rate and review the podcast if it's something you enjoyed or reach out to me on Instagram at joe.holly and let me know what you think. And let me know if you'd love to have her on again. Without further ado, here's Live Free, Laura D. All right, Laura Dawn, I am so stoked about having you on and having this conversation about some of these unanswerable questions of the universe. And I know you have a fascinating perspective, um, been working with psychedelics and plant medicines for a while, and also teaching yourself a lot about physics and quantum reality and all of these things that I also love. So I think for the listeners, this is going to be one hell of a ride to go on. Um, but yeah, maybe introduce yourself, say a little bit about what you do, where you're at, what you're working on, and we'll dive in. Mm, okay. Well, my name is Laura Dawn, and I think I'm still really figuring out who I am and what it means to be a human being living on this planet right now. Um, but in terms of how I'm engaging with that, well, right now I find myself back on the big island of Hawaii. I've been leading transformational retreats for over 10 years. I am actually taking a break from uh, running retreats, a little bit of a forced break from COVID. And I am super thrilled to be back in graduate school. And I'm studying creativity studies and change leadership. And I'm really fascinated in the intersection and the overlap between creativity and psychedelics and how we might be able to learn how to work with psychedelics and sacred plant medicines to enhance our capacity to think differently, to think outside the box, to enhance cognitive flexibility, um, to be more open to new ideas. Ultimately, with the intention of working with entrepreneurs and visionaries, 
um, in a psychedelic setting uh, within you know the retreats that I love to do that include plant medicines and teaching people cognitive tools, like real tools that people can learn how to draw upon to ultimately uncover solutions to the most complex challenges we face collectively right now and how we can learn to strengthen our capacity to think differently, strengthen our emotional resilience, our physical resilience, and how we can learn to navigate through these times of exponential change with a little bit more grace, a little bit more novelty, you know, more creativity and to connect to what's true for each of us at this time. So wow, that's, uh, that's really exciting right now. And, and I'm also launching my own podcast, Psychedelic Leadership, and I'm leading my online training programs, my microdosing courses, and um, yeah, focusing on writing another book and just doing, doing all the things that I really need to, to feel joyful in this life. And I think that that's a big part of this conversation today. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Changing the perspective on psychedelics and using them as a tool. And I just love that you're on the forefront of shifting our idea about what they are and what they can be used for. And I know there's a lot of research coming out and I love the way you're attacking this problem of using these tools and these medicines to look at it from a place of creativity and solving these bigger issues and these bigger problems and getting us out of our own heads and connecting us to something that's, that's greater than ourselves. And I know you have a fascinating perspective. So we'll dive into the first question of, you know, what, what do you think the purpose is of all of this? Like this whole experience, this reality that we live in. I know, you know, my own journey with psychedelics and the access it gives us to seemingly different dimensions of reality and widening our perspective and our lens of what reality actually is. So what is the purpose? Like, why are we... Why are we here, do you think? Mm, I think this is such an important question. And I think a lot of people are asking this question right now. And it's actually really tender and really vulnerable for me to really get into this conversation because this question has been sort of at the forefront of my thought process for the past eight or so months. And I'd love to tell you why. And first, I think it's important just to set the context here that we, you know, for fear of pointing out the obvious, we are going through a very intense time of transition on the planet right now. We're facing a meaning crisis. Um, you know, more people are committing suicide than ever before. We're seeing higher rates of depression. And I think, you know, we we draw meaning from analogy. So to to draw upon some some metaphors and analogy here and weave some story into this dialogue it's like we're standing on the edge of a cliff and this is the the story that i tell myself you know it's how i'm internalizing this process that humanity is really on the edge of this cliff and if we look way out into the distance we can see that there's like another mountain top but when we look over out into you know the the gap in between it's just this the darkness and not to imbue the darkness with with negativity but just that that it's just such the vastness of the great unknown and as we stand on this cliff right now it's starting to shake and rumble under our feet and all of the systems that have been holding us up on this one ledge we're just starting to see them disintegrate and yet we have built our lives on top of these systems we have imbued meaning into our lives and purpose 
And it's all just so tangled up in these systems that are not supporting us anymore. They're not serving us. They were built for really a different era. And I think that that's ultimately it. We're collectively coming to the end of an era. And we, when we look back in history, we can see these transition points where really, you know, for lack of a better word, it's, it's the end of a paradigm. You know, a paradigm is just this, this way, these models of reality. And when we look back, we can see that we've come to these places where we really had to let something die, a way of viewpoint, a way of looking at reality. We had to let that go in order to break through to the next level in terms of the way that we perceive reality. And I think that's what's happening right now. We're coming to the end of an era and and yes, COVID and the pandemic, you know, is really throwing a wrench in the system in the loop here, but it's it was needed. You know, a bigger shakeup is happening right now. And it's incredibly painful to actually face this reality that we've been drawing meaning from our lives, from systems that aren't working for us anymore. And I think a lot of us have this very visceral feeling that as a humanity, we can't keep going the way that we've been going. That when we start looking out in terms of systems thinking and um, looking at what so many scientists are saying, you know, we're facing the sixth mass extinction and this one is precipitated by human behavior. So we know that things need to drastically change. And so from that context, it's understandable why so many people are experiencing depression and anxiety and facing meaning crisis in their own lives. And I think that that is the purpose. And I think when we look at, you know, I'd love to address this question on multiple levels, but I think the purpose right now is for us to strip away all of these layers, you know, all of the ways that we fill our lives and all of the places that we've created stories around what's meaningful to us and strip all of those layers away to get to our root core and to make peace with that, that essence of who we are and to really listen to what our truth is. And I mean, especially right now, when we look at how polarized and divided these times are, how much hate people are expressing in so many directions I just think this is a time for us to go within and to get right with ourselves and that that's all there is to do. And the more that we focus outward and trying to fix what other people are doing and shame what other people are doing, I think it just takes away from the core work of what we have to do right now is to really go within. And so to take this analogy of like being on the precipice and, oh, you know, looking out into the distance and seeing this other mountaintop that's, I feel like we're about to enter this gap between two worlds and we can, you know, have these experiences. And I've had a couple of these experiences now where it feels like the rug is being pulled out from under me, where we could get really proactive and think, okay, I need to find a pathway down because I know I need to cross that valley floor and make my way up the other mountain. And I think that that's what is so distinct about this time is that it's offering us an opportunity to train our minds and our bodies in a different way. And that that valley floor is our training ground. And so whether the the it's being a, a forced push, like that feeling of the rug being pulled, or whether we want to get really proactive and say, okay, I know that we can't keep going the way that we've been going. And where a lot of people are experiencing that in their own personal lives right now, coming to these walls and just recognizing, 
I can't keep doing this pattern over again. I can't keep going this way. I need to actually make a change. And part of the reason that this feels really tender and intimate and really just raw and vulnerable for me right now is because after you came to my retreat in over New Year's, um, which was such a peak for me, you know, I had just gone through such a huge experience with the rug being pulled from the volcanic eruption. My partner and I spent years of our lives building a retreat center. And in an instant, the earth under our feet started shaking. And then, um, you know, we, we, everything changed in an instant. And I, I'd be happy to talk more about that. But really, you know, after going through this dark night of the soul, I, was able to come through this this cocoon, the birthing process of metamorphosis and launch this retreat that was, you know, after running retreats for 10 years, it was really one of the most successful retreats that I ran. And, um, and after that, I went to a festival. I went to Envision with 10,000 people from all over the world. And this is right when COVID was hitting. And I don't know if I had COVID or not, but I got incredibly sick. It was in February. And now that I'm starting to read more uh, reports of some of the after effects of COVID, um, I have an intuitive sense that I think I had it, but I never got tested because I was in Costa Rica. And when I had 104 degree fever for four days, and after that, I told Noah, my partner, I feel like this virus is attacking my brain. And after... I got sick. I fell into chronic fatigue for about three months. And for somebody who just, you know, I build my life off of pouring energy into what I'm creating and what I, what I do, I had to really come to terms with how to hold space for the full spectrum of the human experience. And I could describe it as coming to a place of my own existential crisis. And that place of chronic fatigue threw me for quite a big loop. And I became very intimate with a mind space of depression and asking myself this question. You know, I just heard you interview your writing coach. What's his name again? Azul. Yes. Azul. He, he mentioned a book title, Why Bother? And that struck me when he said that. And I was like, okay, it's definitely in the collective field. I felt like I was on my knees, you know, with my hands up to the sky, screaming at the universe, like, why bother? And Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, having this experience actually was really good for me to strip away all the storylines and to actually even just realize, you know, come to terms with the place that I was even shaming myself for feeling depression and feeling self-judgment for feeling depression. And so part of my own answer to this question of like, what is purpose? What is my purpose? Through this, I, I really had to go there and ask myself. And I think, you know, on, on the larger scale, I love um, Carl Sagan's quote, you know, we are a way for the universe to come to know itself. You know, we are, we're a way that we are um, expanding our capacity and strengthening our capacity to hold space for the full spectrum of the human experience right now. And that experience with that depression really taught me that 
of like how to let go of the storylines and actually come back into center and having a direct, raw, unfiltered experience with what's happening in the present moment without judging it, without labeling it, without putting a storyline on it. And how do I strengthen my capacity to feel to, as Matt Kahn says, I, I like some of his work. He says, you know, we are here to feel it all. And I think that that's exactly what this time is calling for us right now to strip away all those layers and really have a direct experience with reality and strengthen our capacity to really lean into feeling all of it and not sweeping it under the rug and not, you know, externalizing our experience, but really getting into a very core visceral feeling of what it means to be human right now. And in this way of, the universe coming to know itself and the plant medicines have helped me so much. You know, I'm so grateful. It was really working with ayahuasca that helped me through that experience. And I'd be happy to talk more about that if you want to go in that direction. But mm. plant medicines for me have really given me a sense of what purpose actually means to me. And I think even just coming to, to the understanding that humans are fundamentally storytellers, that that's how we draw meaning. We draw meaning through story. And to craft a story for all the people listening who are just experiencing this royal toss-up, the shake-up, we're having to let go of an old way of perceiving, an old way of being in the world. And it's painful because it means we have to let go. But in order to let go, we're opening up our hands, our beings to a new way of being. And it's a painful process to go through. It can be, and it's absolutely necessary right now. And so for, for me, the plant medicines have continued to remind me to the, the purpose and the story. So it's like all of us have to just find that story that, that makes life worth living to, to connect to and craft a story and intentionally do so, you know, and find that story for you. And this is connecting back to this place of find your core truth. What is true for you? And, you know, that is infinitely easier said than done when we have been so heavily conditioned to perceive a certain way, to think a certain way, to live a certain way. And some people more than others, you know, feel that pressure external pressure to, you know, walk the path that they think they should be or are supposed to be within the context of all of these systems right now that again are breaking down. So for me, it's been this reminder of, of the plants um, inspiring me to remember uh, that we are inherently connected to this invisible source, this field of energy and that ultimately the story that I've crafted for myself is that I'm here to create as a vessel for the universe coming to know itself that I'm here to create and that my, my being is here to channel energy to allow creation to move through me and out into the world. Hmm. And this storyline that I've crafted around this makes my life worth living. And I had to come to that, you know? So there's different aspects of this, this purpose conversation. One is being able to hold space for the full spectrum of the human experience. And then moving beyond that for me, it's like, how do, I, how do I live my life in a way that wants to dance with the source of creation? And I've really built my life around that. You know, I've really built the structure of my life to be inquisitive and enthralled by this notion of what is inspiration and how do I channel inspiration through me and out into my life. And 
I think there's a component in this around all of us being expressions of the universe coming to know itself because um, I think that's what allows us to connect to a visionary capacity to hold a vision that is not yet in reality, that we have to go beyond this 3D reality and hold a vision in another dimension of reality. And I think plant medicines help us do that. And then how do I channel that new novel way of of expressing and being? And art does this, music does this, but it's a way that we can play with the universe and dance with the universe. And in that process, become become more aware of all that is being expressed through us as a way of the universe becoming more conscious of itself. And so this whole notion around creativity, how we're creating, how we can tap into these other dimensions of reality, hold a vision for what we're what we're calling in. And it takes a lot to hold this, this archetype of visionary because you have to believe in something that doesn't yet exist, but you're only seeing it in your mind. And that's where everything resides from. All energy comes from these other dimensions of reality into this physical reality. So the story that I've been telling myself that makes it worth living is there's more to reality than this 3D solidness that we see, that there's so much more. And when I think, well, why bother? I think, why not? You know, I've mm. made peace with my death. I've made peace with the fact that I am going to die. And so what does this life have for me to experience? And how much can I lean into experiencing it? And how much can I lean into the just pain, bitter sweetness of impermanence? And I think that's a big purpose that has come to me over and over again in this. And I think we're all learning this. How do we make peace with impermanence? How do we make peace with this flow of creativity that's holding the forces of destruction and creation at the same time? And be okay with it and allow our hearts to break open and to feel the pain of impermanence so viscerally and yet embrace it because it's so fucking beautiful. And there's just nothing else that's as real as that, the rawness of that. So in this purpose of channeling inspiration, it's like, how do I become more fluid in my reality right now? How do I become more fluid in the way that I'm thinking, in my sense of identity, in my ability to be non-attached to what I'm creating? And I think that's a really central piece is to learn how to create for the sake of creating, not because of the thing, not to create because of the book or the retreat center or the thing, but learning how to engage with the process of creating because how that process is shaping you as a human being. And so how do we you know, leap for the act of flying through the air for the sheer experience of it rather than thinking that we need to stick the landing? You know, Just create from that place of engaging with the raw energy source of life that I have no doubt is moving in us, through us, around us at all times. And plant medicines have really shown me that. And so... Let's talk a little bit more about your, your plant medicine journey and how you came to get so involved in this type of work and realizing that these are tools provided to us by the universe to help raise awareness and, and improve our experience. And you know, you talked about the source of all is and these different dimensions. And I think a lot of religious beliefs and and um, different systems are all trying to, to make sense of this experience, 
and this ineffable experience. Like, what is this? Where did this creation come from? Even science is trying to figure it out. And it's really, it comes down to faith and a belief, right? But then I feel from my own personal journey, when I started sitting in, in ceremonial containers with these different plant medicines and having access to these divine personal experiences of something that is greater than myself, it, it turns from a, a belief into a knowing because you've experienced it. So talk about your journey with that. And then we'll talk about this, this source of creation and, and what you believe it is and where it comes from and, and uh, what it all means. Mm-hmm. Well, I first had my, my first high dose psilocybin experience. Uh, I was about 14 or 15. I was pretty young at that time. Um, but I was always really interested in altered states of consciousness. I was an avid dreamer. I still am. And I think, you know, dreaming is another way of experiencing altered dimensions. And I remember being a child in elementary school and I really hated school so much. I just thought, like, what is the point of this stupid structure? And I would just get so excited to go home and go to bed and go into dream world. And I remember not having a lot of clear understanding what happened in dream world and what happened in real world, you know, which one is real world anyways. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lot of influence um, a family member who's 10 years older than me who was engaging in psychedelic experiences uh, when I was really young and telling me about them. And so there was sort of a seed planted, I felt like, from a really young age. And then uh, when I started engaging in um, very large doses at very young age, you know, it was just... um, you can't not look up at the universe and think what is the purpose and what is what is real and what is going on here and you know of course we know now set and setting is such a a huge impact in terms of like what our experience is and i'm grateful for those early year experiences and um i'm also grateful that i've gone in the direction that i've gone with it um in terms of of the way that i'm choosing to to work with with plant medicines and um yeah, and I, I think that's a little bit of, of of my journey. But then about ten over ten years ago now, I started working with ayahuasca, and the moment that I really met her for the first time, I thought, okay, this is your, this is I'm going to dedicate my life to working with this plant medicine and um, teaching me what it means to be a visionary. And that night, I actually got a vision. Um, that I would be getting married and buying land on the big island of Hawaii. And that week I met Noah and we ended up buying a raw 10 acres of land just a few miles from that spot that I drank medicine for the first time and um, ended up building something incredible and holding this vision that we were going to create something that was special where, where transformational healing could transpire. And I think for me, the plants are a bridge into this other dimension of reality. And I've had this experience enough times now, very, very clear messages coming through. And this dance between um, these different dimensions of reality, and I think that they're a bridge and they're a way of lifting the veil between us and this sense of solidness to allow us to perceive energy differently. And it is really so interesting the way that plant medicines and quantum physics are starting to converge, you know? Yeah, let's get more into that. Let's explain for the listeners that might not be familiar with ayahuasca, 
maybe they've heard about it, but I know you've been working with it for so long and you have a wider understanding of it. And it's just explain a little bit about what it is specifically, maybe on a practical level and then kind of what it accesses. Um, I know you know the science behind it as well. Yeah. Oh, well, just on the most basic level, um, that this is a hallucinogenic brew. It's a tea made with two different plants, the ayahuasca vine and shakruna leaf, which is DMT containing leaf. And this, this plant medicine has been around for a long time, for thousands of years. It comes from the Amazon. There's a lot of different indigenous cultures that have been working with uh, ayahuasca for for many years. We actually just don't really know. We can't pinpoint the the exact timing on that. But essentially, the way that these plants mix together is just such an interesting phenomenon. And the way that our brain is designed to receive the the chemical compounds that are found in these plants and in classical psychedelics as well, that they fit into our neurochemistry. And so in that way, I just absolutely don't think that it's a coincidence, you know, that we are co-evolving with plants. And so one of the things that I'll just mention is um, in terms of the the way that it works, ayahuasca vine is an MAOI, a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. And so we have these natural enzymes in our body called MAOs, monoamine oxidase, and they essentially break down uh, they 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 break down DMT, for example, and other compounds that if we didn't have these enzymes, we'd be tripping all the time because plant world is full of chemistry. It's actually amazing chemistry. And so if we were just engaging with the plant world without these uh, MAOs, we would be elevated a lot of the time. So we have these natural enzymes that break down compounds so that we can stay in sort of like waking consciousness reality. And so the- and without the, those, we would be- just way more connected to energy. And that's why when they, we get, because DMT is a natural thing that we all carry. And mm-hmm. so adding DMT plus these MAOIs mm-hmm. create an experience where it's actually, you know, you could say we're actually connected to what is more real because without the chemicals of bringing us into this physical 3D plane, we would all be access to all these different dimensional realities simultaneously. And that for our senses would not, we wouldn't be able to have this type of experience, right? Exactly. And I think that there's this specific way that they sort of unlock a key into a different portal, a different dimension of reality. And so I I wouldn't call it more real. I I know what you're saying when you say that. But for me, I think real is whatever our current experience is. Mm. And Mm. that those other dimensions and how we experience that is just as real as waking consciousness um, I, I do often have that feeling though when I'm in those places of like, wow, this is this is sort of the truth, you know. But just mm. for me, I would never want to say this is truth and everyone needs to buy into that. But for me, it was like, okay, this is an understanding. It gave me an understanding of this notion of of source energy, of of where all that manifests in this 3D reality emanates from. Mm, beautiful. And let's talk about, because this is where I love, and this is what I've been really looking forward to diving into is, is you're getting into more of this quantum physics, quantum mechanics, quantum reality. And you have a very interesting perspective because you've been working with these plant medicines for so long and you're diving into this new field of, of quantum reality and you know, how they kind of you know, match each other and, and give you access to what science is starting to prove on an atomic level, a subatomic level that we are all 
a field of possibility and we're vibration at the lowest level. And you can access that actually with these plant medicines. So talk about your journey with that and the things that you've learned and how you've bridged kind of that information Mm -hmm. gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I guess I'll just say, you know, right off the bat that I don't know anything. (laughs) You know, I I don't know. That's the wisest thing anybody can say. Well, I really don't. And especially, you know, when it comes to quantum physics, you know, I don't have a degree in quantum physics. Uh, I am just learning a lot and not claiming to, to know anything. And the more that you know about quantum physics, the more complicated it is and the more the, the, the less that you ultimately know. And even within physicists in the, in the space, there is so much um, uncertainty and debate about very fundamental basic principles that... Um, there's there is no answer at this point that we have been trying to figure out you know since 1920s was really when uh quantum mechanics came onto the scene and we can understand like we use the equations from quantum physics to you know you create electronics in our phone for example so we rely on these equations but yet we don't know exactly what how to translate that into our understanding of reality and so you know there is nothing that I can say that would be like, oh, this means that, you know, but I can speak from, I had this experience and this is what it felt like, you know, Mm -hmm. that it was pointing in this direction. And so I was coming to an end of sort of my own chapter, my own era of, of what I was creating. This was a number of years ago and I was, um, doing some really deep work with the plant medicines. And I had this opportunity to go really deep uh, with a about for about six weeks uh, working with the medicine in a really deep way. And I won't talk about when, where, or with who, just to keep that pretty discreet. But I had an opportunity that felt very clear. It felt like there was this tiny window that opened up like this little pixel, you know, on the field of of possibility that opened up. And it was very clear that I needed to move through that portal. And I felt like I went into a very different time for six weeks where I received a lot of these downloads. And then I would go into the space and experience something. And then look at what I was learning and what I was reading from from quantum physicists. And I think it's also important to to know that there's a lot of uh, spiritual teachers who draw upon quantum physics uh, and don't sort of uh, portray it accurately. Um, so I think it's really important to know who we're, who we're sort of tuning into for information. Um, and I would be happy to share a whole bunch of really great uh, resources and, and places to be tuning in. But I was going into this, this just altered states of consciousness for extended periods of time and, you know, really tuning into pineal gland and what is the pineal gland and learning about that and also learning about what we know from quantum physics that everything is more energy and more space than it is solid matter. And so I would start to uh, read about that and understand, okay, what what am I experiencing in this space that feels beyond the realm of space and time? And I think that that's really um, a key. You know, Einstein said, um, reality is merely an illusion, although a very persistent one. 
And, and so I would learn about some of the things that he was teaching about and just go into these spaces and try to have a direct experience of reality. It's so hard to actually tackle this conversation because then we have to start to get into neuroscience as well and the neuroscience of perception and that we basically perceive what we built as models of reality. So for example, you know, Einstein talks about um, space and time not being uh, constructs of reality, it's just modes in which we think. And so I think that the, that we can't really talk about you know, quantum physics without really getting into understanding that we see what we believe and mm-hmm. that we can go beyond this understanding. And I think that that's where plant medicines transport us into a dimension that is viscerally feels beyond the, the, the realm of space and time into a different experience. And so it's so hard to put words onto that, but, you know, Tesla was a very, very fascinating man who said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, you have to understand vibration and energy and frequency. And that's what I feel like these places, these other dimensions and plant medicines have to teach us. They're lifting this veil of this, allowing us to move beyond how we perceive reality as concrete and allowing us to have an experience with raw energy. And I think that that's sort of one of the the core pieces. And when we look at the evolution of of an atom, for example, you know, the Newtonian paradigm uh, versus the quantum paradigm, when we look at the atom, it's not this solid thing with, with, you know, protons and neutrons moving around it. It's actually more of a, a field of possibility. There's, it's more like probability. And so... I mean, there's a million ways we could take this conversation, but I think ultimately it's to know that life as we see it with our eyes is definitely not what we think it is, you mm. know? And for, for uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Donald Hoffman's work, but he goes into these conversations. I mean, of course, then we're getting into neuroscience and quantum physics. You have to start talking about consciousness. How are we perceiving? And he his whole thing that I really resonate with is the interface, you know, just like the way that we perceive reality is like interacting with your phone or your computer with icons on it. And that it's not, you're not perceiving the the hardwiring, the nuts and bolts, the, the energy code or anything, right? It's an actual picture you can... You're just like the icon and that's yeah. easy, like grasp. And that's, I feel like a really good analogy for, for how we move through our days every day. And yet I think plant medicines are that lifting of you know, source code and being able to see really what's going on in underneath at the the core surface. And how would you explain the vibration or like the field of possibility when we're living in a physical reality? And I know this idea of consciousness and you're right. Like, I love you talking about this because it's just, you're so, you're so well articulated when explaining these concepts. I know there's a lot of different ways we can take it, but let's try and make it accessible for people that maybe don't understand these concepts. When you say, a field of possibility and not physical matter. Like, what does that mean? And how can we not be like, what would you say to someone that says we're not, how can you say we're not in a physical reality? I mean, I'm touching this thing right in front of me and it's physical and it feels solid. And if I jump off a building, I will go splat and die. Um, so like, how do you bridge that understanding? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick up two magnets and try to put them together uh, you know, a negative and a positive 
and or a negative and a negative and just experiment with that for a moment. That's like a very visceral way that you can experience repelling force. You can't see that force there. You can't mm. see it. But for all of you know the kids in us, I mean, I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. There is a very real force of energy. It was Michael Faraday in about 1820 who... uh, This is a great YouTube channel, Royal Institution. They have been literally holding talks on just the forefront of physics for 100 100 years now, I think. And so Michael Faraday in this room you know, at, at the Royal Institution in the UK, he did this experiment that just blew people's minds. And he learned to um, create a coil and used a battery and created induction on one side of the table and it moved a needle on the other side of the table. And that was just like revolutionary at that time. And then they actually, he discovered um, electromagnetic fields. And so I think this is the easiest way to make this tangible for people. We use this field all the time. And so when we're talking quantum physics, actually, you know, to, to take a step back, you know, the forefront of what we understand now is that the basic building blocks of life are not blocks at all. They're not, we have fundamental particles. You know, for those of you guys tuning into quantum physics, you know, it's like getting really wacky and weird with up quarks and down quarks and luons and muons. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of hilarious. But we thought for a long time that the building blocks of life were, were particles, these fundamental particles. And uh, for those of you guys who are familiar, you know, there was the periodic table with like the last era. And now we have the standard model. And it's really the pinnacle of the height of physics right now. And there's one mathematical equation that literally everything that we know to be true can be defined by this equation. And just for for how accurate this is, you know, there was one missing element of this equation that was taken for granted for a very long time. It was the Higgs boson. And it was discovered 50 years before they actually had proof that the Higgs boson, another fundamental particle was real, okay? So this standard model is incredibly accurate. It, it, it's how it's what predicts what happens when two black holes collide. It explains electromagnetic frequency. I mean, it, it really encompasses everything, gravity. And so um, the forefront of what we understand is uh, quantum field theory, so that that we don't we're not actually built on on particles on these building blocks. That the base underlying nature of everything are actually waves of energy fields, and there's mathematical equations to show this. And so that's what a quanta is actually. It's just a a clump of energy. It's a it's a discrete unit of energy. That's what quanta means. So we are actually this interesting moment in time where this clump of energy came together to make us, but it's really just attached to an underlying field that that we are. Okay. So imagine that there's an ocean and everybody is a unique wave on that, on that ocean. So if we wanted to go into the question of where do you go when you die? Well, you just return, you know, not that I have any clue or authority to say anything on this, but that's a way, a story that I tell myself that helps. Mm -hmm. We, so I think it's really a way to make this tangible for people is like, first of all, 
everything is energy. And to get back to Michael Faraday, you know, he discovered the electromagnetic field and he made this prediction that actually the only thing that we're really seeing is the field, is this invisible field. And then it turned out to be true because when the electromagnetic field ripples, a photon of light pops off. And so we're actually only seeing ripples in the field. Okay. So now we're not we, they, the physicists, the geniuses of our time are starting to look at how there's more fields that there's, you know, right now it's, there's 12 different fields and that's how they discovered the Higgs boson as well. They, with the large hadron collider, they, you know, for a long time tried to smash particles together and eventually they found a ripple in the Higgs field, which I won't go into that, but it's so fascinating what the Higgs field is and how it gives mass to all other particles. But because there was a ripple in that field, that's what they were able to see was the Higgs boson and not really see it, just detect it with very, very, very fine instruments, which is really amazing and fascinating that just by asking the question, how do we you know, try to capture and experience another new particle of reality that they were able to build this giant contraption and technology and they eventually did um, discover it. So I think it's really important to understand that maybe there's not 12 fields, there's actually maybe just one field from which we're all interacting with. And so to make it tangible, it's like, yes, we have those um, those magnets. And then we also have an electromagnetic field, which is how we're talking right now. So there, there is more to reality than what we can see. We can pick up a cell phone and call somebody on the other side of the world. We can... So there... There are, there is energy and there is frequency and the frequencies carry information. So just the way that you can tune your radio dial literally and tune into a station, that's what you're doing. You're taking a radio, you're tuning into an energy field, mm. electromagnetic field. That's what that is. Now to take that understanding and go one step further, our bodies are like an antenna tuning into a field because we're, we actually are the field. And I think that that's the more that we understand that, the more that we can have this fluidity in our, in our lives and feel the sense of connection. And that's one of the things that, you know, quantum physics shows us is that we're all connected. We're inextricably inherently connected. And yet, one of the main things coming out of psychedelic research shows that people who go through these experiences feel more connected on the other mm. side. They feel more connected to each other, healing relationships, uh, feeling more connected to the earth. And, and I think that there's something to that, you know, that this, these, these plants are showing us. I mean, for me, I just feel like I could be totally wrong about all of this, but yet it's given me so much, you know, to, to live for in the way that I'm experiencing it. So it doesn't really matter to me whether it's it's right or wrong. It's more just the visceral experience of there is a field of energy and I can learn how to tune into it. You know, the pineal glands, an antenna that tunes into frequencies. I think that there's some connection there too. So it's... it's and emotions too, right? Like when we, when we experience an emotional, it carries a frequency. And so if someone walks into a room who's angry or upset, you can immediately feel that, right? And it's not just body language. We're carrying an energetic vibrational frequency. And that's why connecting with these higher vibrations can actually change your life because emotion carries frequency as well. 
He talked about staying connected and aligned and these plant medicines allow us this opportunity to feel more connected to this experience of oneness and this unified field. And I think a lot of the suffering that we do experience in this day and age and in, in this reality is this idea that we are separate, that God is separate from us. And the separation is what we're trying to work through and when we can become more connected. So talk about the importance of getting in alignment and connecting and and finding that centered and, and going inward and all these things that people talk about, like what are some practical ways to come more towards one, oneness besides, you know, dropping in and psychedelics? Is there other ways that we can find ways to connect to this unified field and this connection to ourselves and to each other? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think paying more attention to how you feel and also your your experience of of embodiment and how you're embodying moments of reality i think meditation is such a big key towards this and also being able to get into more coherence between your mind and your heart that your heart is also a mechanical oscillator that has a frequency and a rhythm and we have brainwave frequencies that we can learn actually how to get into a deeper sense of coherence in our lives through um, engaging in different practices like meditation and breath work. Um, yeah, there's, I think, and also really, again, this kind of comes back full circle to this, this feeling of stripping away all of these cons- concepts and belief systems and stories that we hold and really come to the core truth of what is true for us on this path right now and to listen to that and to have the courage to reorient our entire lives to have that as our inner compass and be able to really make peace with who we are and come from that place. I think that is the the ultimate of, of coherence and mind-body alignment. Um, because there's just so many layers piled on top of layers of we should be doing this. I should be thinking in this way. I'm saturated with you know conceptual views of reality that maybe aren't really serving me. And yet there is a deeper truth that we have. It's like connecting to the ocean, that being the wave connecting back into the sense of of the ocean. And so, so much of that, I think, you know, I think that we could spend our entire lives meditating our way there. And I do truly believe that plant medicines are a very direct route, you know, that we can go into those places and learn that you're saying our, our emotions, our energetic frequency, and so are our thoughts. Be in like medicine space where I'll have this thought and I'll watch the frequency ripple out, out of my mind from a thought that I'm having. And just there's, you, you, can you meditate your way to really understanding that? Yes, I think so. I think Joe Dispenza is the closest I've seen in terms of like his body of teachings, in terms mm. of how he's teaching, tapping into quantum reality through meditation and through uh, Les Femi's work with open focus awareness. I mean, I think that 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 the training ground, and that's why I love combining them. And for those of you not familiar with open focus awareness, it's a specific meditation technique that allows you to take your mind off of the particle and focus on the wave, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You know, Mm -hmm. so when we talk about quantum physics, that we actually know that it's now, uh, matter is both a particle and a wave at the same time. We're so focused on matter. We're so focused on solid reality, but there's so much more to it. There's a whole field of energy, like I said, that that is what what permeates reality. And so we can train our mind. Most people don't 
we're not taught this tool set of like, okay, how do I learn to take my awareness off of the particle and diffuse my awareness and diffuse it to be able to hold in my mind's eye an awareness of a field of space. Okay. And so Joe actually got this from Les Femi. He's a PhD. He was one of the founders of neurofeedback. Uh, I also went and studied neurofeedback. I was really inspired to do that. And I got into Les Femi's work. And he talks about changing brainwave states with this technique. And I won't go into the whole background, but it's basically being able to hold in your awareness a volume of space, like closing your eyes and either holding an awareness of the amount of space that your body is occupying within the space of the room. And then you can go beyond that and think, okay, what imagine if i if i could have a, a mental sort of experience of what the feeling state is of holding my, the awareness of the amount of space in the room and not thinking energy just think space because that's what actually energy is it's just a lot of space and mm. how can we um, train our minds. And so open focus awareness is a really powerful meditation technique that I teach people. And I also Talk teach about people- the, the benefits of, of doing this stuff, right? Like, cause why, why, why as a human, would I want to access these higher levels of awareness? Why would I want to use open focus awareness to feel the space in my life? Like, what does that actually do for me? And why, cause it's so much effort. And I feel like a lot of people that even start meditating, they hear like, Oh, it decreases stress, anxiety. It can make you more productive, make you more focused. And those things get people like, Oh, I'll, I'll try this thing. And then they sit down for five minutes, 10 minutes, they hear their mind and they're like, Oh, I just can't do that because my mind's just racing. I'm a type A personality. I just, and then they just stop doing it. So talk about the benefits, not only the benefits, but why is it so important for us to continue to train our minds in this way? Yeah. And for people who do have a really challenging time with meditation, keep in mind there's multiple ways. There's many different traditions. And I think it's about finding a way that feels really good. And I also trained in Vipassana style and uh, mindfulness awareness. And I do love that style. But when I started learning open focus awareness, it just felt so good and so easy. And it clicked in my mind in a way. And I noticed such a huge difference coming out of my sessions of feeling more open and you know the the research and Les Femi talks about this in his book. You know we're shifting our brainwave states into alpha. It's more more creativity. You know being able to have um, make more sort of farther flung associations in our thought patterns. So more creative thinking. It's also good for healing trauma for going into the body and actually healing places that feel stuck and that have been. Per- perpetuating patterns. Um, uh, Trauma is not my core focus. I'm not a trauma-trained therapist, Um, but he talks about that in his book. But for me, I would say, you know, creativity, uh, getting my parasympathetic nervous system into alignment, which is so important. So most people are experiencing chronic stress all the time. It's sympathetic nervous system activation, fight, flight, or freeze. And we can't create from that place. I mean, think about, you know, when you're, when, when you're uh, fleeing from the fires in California, or, you know, like when we were going through this experience with the volcanic eruption, when, when your body is in stress, it's not a time to create. You're not, it's not like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write my book right now. And so like, I'm approaching all of this from the larger context of like how to prepare my vessel to open my channel and really engage in my visionary capacity to translate what 
is in this other dimension into this reality. Okay, so for me, the open focus awareness allows me to more deeply connect to that field, that space. But we know that, you know, uh, calming the nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system is like the open floodgate for me for like creative activation. So if I'm in a stressful state, my creativity channel is shut down. I'm not able to like, and again, there's this even is too simplistic because there's good stress and then there's harmful stress. Um, sometimes, you know, when we're in that stress, like when you're playing football, you know, there's some, some short bursts of stress that are really helpful. But over the long haul, training our body how to stay relaxed and open and have like more of an open stance towards what we're experiencing in life, it allows us to keep that alignment, that center, coming back to this central channel of awareness and focus. And so for me, the biggest thing is like calming my body, allowing that channel to open and really allowing creativity to flow through me. And so it's that, that connection to this other dimension of reality. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about where where that creativity, where our where our thoughts even, where all that comes from. You're talking about opening the channel. And you know, I truly believe that there's something deeper within us, whatever you want to call it, your soul, your energy, your essence, the universe, the unified field. There's something that wants to be experienced that's coming through us. And I feel like a lot of our struggles and suffering come from trying to fight that thing. And trying to, you know, the society and our culture puts stories on us on what success means, what achievement means, how I'm going to reach happiness and fulfillment. And we never really find time to slow down, like you said, and find alignment within ourselves. And what I found to connect to that flow state is to find time to slow down and use these tools like meditation, journaling, breath work, plant medicines to slow down and quiet so that I have space to listen. Like you said, open that channel to what is my vision to kind of hear it and listen to it and see it and feel it and allow it to come through me. Like, where does that vision come from? What is that thing that is trying to be experienced through us? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just to, just to first off the bat say that even just tuning into this kind of conversation and paying attention that this is possible, that there are people developing frameworks for how to tap into this, you know, infinite source of possibility of energy and that we can actually train our minds to perceive that, that there is a way that we can build uh, a framework and that's getting into neuroscience again, but that we can be able to perceive that and that we're using words and vocabulary to you know, construct a story around that this is possible. And I think just even acknowledging this right off the bat, because there's so many people who are like, oh my God, what, what are you guys even like onto right now? Yeah. You know? So I, I, I think that just acknowledging that, you know, that there, that there is so much possible that we are just not putting our awareness in that direction, that we're just not focusing in that direction. And if you have someone that says, hey, pay attention in this way or pay attention to this right here, that all of a sudden that becomes part of your reality, your experience, you know, and that's part of, of your reticular activating system. And there's so much that we can pay attention to. We're drowning in information, but yet we're allowing all this information to bombard our senses. And this kind of training is like, pay attention to the subtlety in this way, look at it from this angle. And so, and that I think, 
it just bears expressing because there's not anything that we could like really concretize here. That it's it's a training that we can go through that the plant medicines have taught me and I'm still learning and I will be learning until the day I die how to pay attention to energy in a different way. And, you know, ayahuasca is called a visionary vine. I feel like I've received so much from this plant in terms of what it means to be a visionary and reminding myself that actually we have we have uh, this inherent birthright to hold a vision for our lives and we're not flexing it in the right way for most of us. Most of us are just continuing to perpetuate mental images of deeply ingrained programs that have been running on autopilot for a very long time. And so part of this is like, okay, you can actually learn to flex this visionary capacity, you know, in this way that you can, you can move beyond the repetitive pattern of deeply ingrained belief systems and move beyond that, expand your capacity to hold a vision beyond what you see in this life. And even just giving people permission to know that, to know that, and that they can flex this capacity to go within and hold these meditation practices where it's really cultivating a vision for your life. And I find that to answer your question, I know this is like a long way around, but plant medicines give me this understanding of where that comes from. Like where these, this, you know, when I understand that I'm a part, that I'm a wave of the larger ocean and I feel like plant medicines are sort of the bridge for me to have these experiences of saying, oh, bless this ocean. I am that. I am, this is what I am. I am fundamentally changing the way that I show up in my life. I'm changing the way that I interact and engage. And so I pay attention to this very specific frequency called inspiration. And I think that when I think about inspiration, inspiritedness, it's like in spirit, that there is this way that I think source energy communicates to all of us. And it's through this notion of inspiration. And so I'm focusing my energy there. I'm focusing my awareness, I'm writing about it. I'm talking about it. I'm creating programs around it. And because I'm so focused on that, it's more real. It's more alive for me. I can tune into the subtle nuances and the differences of what allows inspiration to come through and what doesn't and mm. how to channel that energy in a way. And it's really just because I'm choosing to pay attention to it. We all have this capacity to pay attention to it. And when I hear other people's stories like... Um, Elizabeth Gilbert did a TED talk that was so incredible. And she, she talked about, um, what was her name? Ruth Stone. That's it. She was an American poet. And she talked about Ruth Stone, who would talk about being in the field. She's, she's about 90 something years old now. I'm actually not sure if she's still on this planet, but she would talk about this experience of being out in the field and feeling this energy underfoot that was coming her way. It was a poem that was traveling over the hillside and she could feel it coming. And she knew in that moment, she had to do everything she could to run towards the house and grab the pen and let it come out through her. And sometimes she would miss it. And other times she said she would catch it by the tail and the poem would come perfectly intact from the last word to the first word backwards. Mm, that's beautiful. And we've all had those type of experiences, right? Like yeah. we've all had them. And it's like, how can yeah. we tap into them in a more consistent way, in a more regular way? And there are tools that we have to access these higher states of awareness, to connect to that inspiration 
and that flow and that, that vision that does come through. Like that's really what creativity is. Like we are creators in creation, creating. And if we can train ourselves to connect to that, then we are a piece of the universe experiencing itself. And we're adding value to the experience and the evolution of the experience. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what makes creativity just so sacred and impermanent. And it's a channel of energy and we can't hold on too tight. You have to keep that channel open and do all the things in your life, you know, sleep well, rest well, feed your body well. Your body is your vessel, it's your creative channel for how you are an expression of the universe coming to know itself. And I think that there's so much beauty and also raw pain in it too. And that's okay, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, for people who are like still trying to grasp, like, just think about a seed. You know, what is in this seed that allows that seed to grow into a plant, into a tree that, you know, I think the, 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 this life force is there. We can't see it, but the more we pay attention to it, actually, the more it becomes real for us and we can learn how to dance with it, engage with mm. it, build our lives around it and be of service to this process of creation. And that's what makes my life worth living. Mm, and beautiful. that's what I had to come to that realization in my own existential crisis of why I'm here on this planet right now and mm. listening to my own truth and going within and really holding a vision and being open to what the plant medicines are expressing through me and allowing that bridge to happen. And, mm. you know, so much of everything I've created. Um, everything really in the past 15 years of my life has been created from a place of listening to my inner visions that have come through in plant medicine space. Mm, It's beautiful. You're such an inspiration to me, the way you've grown and the way you articulate and the way you show up. It's just truly amazing. And we're we're coming up on the end, but I do want to ask you, you know, you talked about earlier coming up to the cliff, like in the early in the show, you talked about coming up to the cliff and then there's just this darkness, this void, but there's a mountain range in the distance. And that's where we're, we're trying to get to. So what, what does that mountain look like to you? What is your vision collectively for the future and, and where are we headed and what are the possibilities that we can create if we can all collectively come together and connect to this, this wave of possibility that we're talking about? Hmm. I think that I just pray that this next foundation is built on the foundation of sustainability and equality, most first and foremost, that we let go of these shackles that have been limiting us for so long and that we can come into a new way of experiencing reality, you know, that we can forgive. I think that that's a big answer to the purpose, you know, of the collective right now is that I think our purpose is to heal these ancestral wounds that are perpetuating more trauma. We're seeing trauma perpetuate more trauma right now. And that's why this, this notion of, you know, stop facing outward and go within and get right with yourself and forgive yourself first and foremost and find what's true for you and live from that place. And I think if we can really do that and give ourselves permission to shine and to grow and to transform and go through this 
just raw, painful, beautiful process of metamorphosis that we're going through right now that we can actually climb that mountain and be vastly different human beings in the way that we embody who we are on this earth. And this journey is not just holding the vision of who we're becoming, it's being able to embody somebody who can transmute that vision into reality. That's the upgrade that I feel like we're going through right now on every level and every dimension. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. I mean, as, as, as dark as it might seem from the outside looking in the world and the divisiveness and the fear, and it just, it seems so intense at times and it's overwhelming. I am so grateful. And I remind myself every day to connect with, you know, I tell myself what a time to be alive because we get to be not only leaders during this time, but we get an opportunity to experience and live through this massive shift, this massive transition that I feel as well. And I know that it's, it might look worse or uglier before it gets better, but I do know that being able to live during this time to witness and be a part of the change is truly a gift. And I'm so grateful to be alive and part of the journey and part of the, the, the vision of changing the future. And I know you are too. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I feel like we just skimmed the surface of a lot of these topics. I know. I'm like, oh my God, there's like this way. I wanted to go in this direction. <laughs> well, maybe this is what we'll do. We'll uh, definitely jump on another call maybe in a, in a month or two and, and you know, definitely get some feedback from the listeners on this. And you know, as my podcast grows, I definitely want to continue to have you on. And, and maybe we can pick more of a specific topic and kind of get more depth in it and dive deeper because I know you have such a wide breadth of knowledge. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, how about you share with the listeners where they can find you, um, social medias, stuff you're working on, projects, how they can work with you. I know you provide coaching as well. Uh, so go ahead and plug that right now. Yeah, it's really easy. My home base is livefreelauraD.com and I'm primarily on Instagram. And so my website is like my core uh, that links out to all the projects and everything that I'm working on. And yes, I uh, work a lot with entrepreneurs in the in the space who want to learn how to work with microdosing to sort of up-level their mind-body operating system and um, uh, do yeah a range of coaching, my microdosing programs. I'm really excited about my psychedelic leadership podcast coming up and everything um, can be found at livefreelauraD.com. Awesome. And you can find all of that in the show notes. Be sure to check her out. She is constantly creating amazing content, uplifting content, and she's a constantly learning and like about physics and plant medicine and psychedelics. And she's on the front end of all this stuff and the way she can, you know, intertwine it. I think it was a very unique perspective that I really haven't been able to find anywhere else. So make sure you go check her out and yeah, I'll definitely have you on again, Laura. It's been a, a true pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you. I love you, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. I love you too. Gratitude for the sunrise. Gratitude for the sunshine. Gratitude for the moonlight. Every day feels like a new life. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. I can talk to Laura about all these concepts because she can, you know, she really articulates these thoughts that I'm thinking in a very, uh, very beautiful way in a very accessible way. She's got a really good, a lot of good analogies and she 
it just really shows how much work she puts in, how much she studies, how much she dives into her own stories, into learning from others, and into diving into her own personal experiences. And you know, her her big heart of service, trying to show up and make the world a better place. She provides coaching, um, you know, in a wide variety of different ways. So if you're interested in learning more about her offerings or learning more from her, she also produces a ton of great content. Go check her out at livefreelaurad.com. Go follow her on Instagram and check out everything that she's creating. And what else was I going to say? Oh, my other podcast. I wanted to plug that. I haven't really cross-pollinated these things. If you love me as a host and this podcast, then I think you're going to like my other podcast called Life Beyond the Game. And this one is geared more towards the transitioning athlete. And it's the intention is to bring on former professional athletes, discuss a little bit about their careers and their journeys beyond the game, beyond the sport, and dive into their transition out of sport. And this comes with a lot of unique challenges that a lot of people don't really understand. And I think getting a lot of guys on here to share their similar experiences, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges that they've faced and offering advice to someone that might be going through a similar experience is really powerful. And we all go through big transitions in life. So even if you're not an athlete, which I know a lot of people would love to hear more about these athletes' story on a deeper level and who they are behind the face mask and you know off the court. And it's a great podcast to do that. It's just getting up and running. Go check it out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said before, if you love this podcast, I really want to have Laura D back on. So let me know what you think. If you'd love to have her on and, and what you'd love to learn more about, we can dive deeper. Reach out to me on Instagram or leave a review on this podcast, wherever you listen. Really appreciate your support and your love. And I'll see you guys next time.